Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Initialize sequence now. Coming to you live from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. Your Health First, the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Jill Galati. During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, a good Sunday evening to everybody. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Somewhat cool Sunday evening in January. We're here every Sunday between the hour of 7 and 8 p.m. And uh, don't forget, our website, drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com. You can go there now, sign up for our newsletter. When you go to the website, you get a free copy of our, uh, a free chapter, I would say, of our book, Eating Yourself Sick, all of our social Media info is at drjoegalati.com. And uh, information about our practice, liver specialists of Texas, is all there. Now, coming up on the program, just a little while, Becky Vance. She is the president and CEO of Drug Prevention Resources. Their website is drugfreegeneration.org. And Becky has been on the program in the past, and she's a good friend of the program. And when you look at the, the, the world of addiction, drug abuse, throughout this whole COVID-19 saga, what we have been hearing is that drug abuse is up, alcoholism is up, depression, suicide, and all of this is really a part of a bigger network and web of problems that we face together on the health and wellness front. And we need to talk about this and nobody better than Becky Vance to come on and try to sort this out. Whether you are having a problem or somebody in your family, a loved one is having a problem or somebody at work and you're not quite sure how to address it because Obviously, one of the best approaches is ignoring it because we want to naturally stay away from conflict and the avoidance of conflict makes us, doesn't make us necessarily feel better, but it is the path of least resistance. Just ignore it and it it might just go away. As my parents used to say, the ostrich effect, stick your head in the sand and everything gets better. All right. Well, a number of things in my life have been going on the last uh, a few weeks. My dear father passed away this past Thursday, 97 years old. And 
Some of you may remember him from the program. He and my mother would uh, come on the radio program. He was 97 years old, and as sad as it is, he had an absolutely marvelous life. And so, yes, we're all sad. Yes, we are, we're heading back to have a, a, a wake and a funeral and uh, the, the, the sorrow of, of losing a parent, regardless of the age. But the amazing thing is that he remained relevant to the very end. He, he had some chronic medical problems, but he was still very functional, talking on the phone, texting people, uh, seeing visitors, uh, attending parties and whatnot. So his illness per se was not very long. He was uh, bedbound and really sort of sick for, for only about two weeks. But he was relevant to the end. And we have to look back at our, our, at our own life. And you have to look, whether you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, you have to question yourself, are you relevant? Are you still in the game? And he made it an absolute point to remain relevant. This was not by chance. This was by design. And he did impact everybody. We have wonderful memories. And it's a challenge for all of us, for all of you, if you can remain relevant and impactful in in the people around you. Now, to add an additional layer of sorrow, my mother-in-law died the exact same day on Thursday, several hours later. She was close to uh, 90, I believe. She had chronic lung disease, and while, again, it was no surprise that she passed, she had been suffering with chronic lung disease for a few years, it was just the fact that they passed away both on the same day. And so on my wife's side of the family, they are going through that loss. On my side, together we are grieving together, and it's going to be quite a celebration of life um, next, uh, well, this coming week when we, uh, when we celebrate both of our parents' uh, lives. Now, as far as the COVID situation goes. And let me let me just back up on my dad. I would say in the next couple of weeks I'm going to have my sister on the program with me and and talk about end of life, uh the spiritual aspects of dying, how we confront death as family members or as an individual. My sister for a big part of her career has been involved in hospice care and uh, other aspects of nursing. And so she comes at it from both a, a daughter and family member, but also as a nursing professional. So we'll, we'll have that uh, programming for you in, in the weeks to come. But on the, on the COVID situation, again, it's no surprise. We are surrounded by COVID. The number of uh, uh, cases, as everybody knows, is through the roof. The Good thing is that while, yes, there are a lot of people that are out of work, they're sick, they're not feeling well, the mortality associated with this variety is uh, seems to be quite low, both in those that are young and old or those that may have some chronic underlying problem. Again, we're not saying that this is something to be blown off, but uh, I was as cautious as possible 
hand washing, mask, N95, and uh, and yet uh, became ill with it. And my symptoms were probably best described as a really bad head cold, flu-like viral syndrome. And uh, following the CDC guidelines, I was out of work, uh, quarantined myself, and uh, slowly on the mend. As you can tell, I'm a little congested now. You're probably saying, is that really Dr. Galati tonight on the radio? Yes, it is me. Uh, I think I'm down an octave, if that makes any sense. But anyway, feel well, uh, but it is just a process that we have to go through, again, very disruptive uh, to our routine, our jobs, uh, the patients. Uh, many patients had to be rescheduled. Other staff had to, had to, uh, had to uh, cover for me. Uh, but on the mend, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, with this current uh, Omicron variant, we are at the beginning of the end of this pandemic. But again, uh, you know, one, one quick note here. What I've noticed in the press is that there have been an increased number of articles written about masks. Okay? Now, here we are. Let me get this one article I was looking at. Um, here we are two years into the pandemic. And wearing a mask has been the focal point of how we are supposed to live. Wear a mask. Wear two masks. If you're in a car by yourself, wear a mask. But very little has really been written critically about masks. Now, there have been some casual reports about, hey, you know, those red cowboy bandanas don't really work. Okay, but why is it that people are still wearing these damn things? And these neck gaiters, people are still wearing neck gaiters. And so we are ostracizing people that aren't getting a vaccine or the booster or doing something else. But yet we have a gazillion people walking around with these silly, non-functioning neck gaiters. So here again, I think what drives people crazy in this whole COVID-19 story is that somebody, the officials, decide to make a big stink out of people that aren't social distancing, they're not wearing a mask, but yet the quality of the masks has never really been outlined. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago. There was an article in the New York Times, uh, January 14th, by Tara Parker Pope, and goes around how you need to be able to spot counterfeit masks. You have to know that uh, there's N95s, KN95s, KF94s, and how some of these are not doing anything for us. And so on one end, we are proclaiming, wear a mask. It's very valuable in preventing coronavirus, keeping people alive. But yet, the market is saturated with counterfeits. (coughs) What's that all about? And why is it that two years later, we're having what appears to be an in-depth review of these masks? We should have had this two and a half years ago. 
people should have been put on notice to say, hey, these masks that we're, we're buying don't work. But, again, uh, I, I, I really don't know why that has not been done. All right, we're going to take a break right now. I'm going to get a sip of water. We're going to get Becky Vance on the phone. The phone number here is 713-212-KTRH. If anybody is out there and has some addiction, drug abuse questions, we'll try to field a few with Becky. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Always a pleasure to be here. Stand by. We'll be right back. Raising your health IQ one listener at a time. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First. Every Sunday evening between the hour of 7 and 8 p.m., go to drjoegalati.com for information about the program, sign up for our newsletter, and all that we do. All right, so on the line, as promised, is Becky Vance. She is from Drug Prevention Resources. She is the president and CEO. Their website is drugfreegeneration.org. Becky, Happy New Year, and thank you very much for coming on tonight. Where is Becky? Becky, Becky. Let's try it again. Live radio as it as uh, at its best. Let's get Becky. Let's try it again. Becky, are you there? All right, Dave. Let's get Becky up. She ain't there. I am not hearing anything. Stand by, Becky. Let's see. Put you back on hold. Ba-da-da. Let's try that. No luck. We are not getting Becky Vance. I'm gonna call her again. All right. So we're gonna. I'm gonna drop it. All right. And uh, so when and and of course Becky has had a long career in the drug and alcohol and addiction space, which is what we want to talk about tonight. And the amazing thing is earlier last year, in uh, 2021, the CDC made the announcement that for the, I believe it was for the first time, over 100,000 deaths were, were related to opioid overdose. 100,000. I believe it was about 103,000 to be exact. And so that is obviously a gigantic number. Now, in the setting of all that we have been battling for the last two years with COVID, do we have it there? Let's see. Um, With COVID-19 and all of the morbidity and mortality and the hospitalizations, you would almost think that there was no other disease on the planet. All right. And so all the attention went to COVID and we had all kinds of medical maladies, people with diabetes, people with heart disease, people with cancer. Uh, Because of COVID, 
People were not getting their screening mammograms. They were not going for colonoscopy. They had abdominal pain. They were not going to the ER. But yet everything was centered on COVID, COVID, COVID. And so many people were trying to have a conversation to say, wait a second, yes, COVID is a problem. I think everybody had, has known somebody that had COVID, seriously ill from COVID, died from COVID. And that is all sad. And we, we've had experts throughout the whole pandemic on the program here. But we can't lose track that once the pandemic is over, hopefully very soon, we're still going to be left with chronic liver disease and cirrhosis. We're going to be left with heart disease. We're going to be left with addiction. So addiction was here before, during, and after the whole COVID situation. Now, when you look at how big of a need addiction is, data indicates there's about 11 million Americans, adolescents really, and young adults, 12 to 29 years old, that need help with drug and alcohol problems. 11 million. 9 million are between 12 and 25. 90% of the nearly 2 million adolescents who need help with drug and alcohol problems are not getting the help they need. So the reason... For that is probably lack of awareness, lack of communication, and people not talking to each other. What do you say, Dave? We got Becky yet? One minute. Okay, I don't know. Is she ready to go? Let's see if Becky Vance. Becky, are you there? Still not there. I am not hearing a blessed thing. You know, before I went on the program tonight, somebody had asked me, Hey, it's live radio. What happens if somebody doesn't sh- come on? And I'm like, well, I got plenty of material to talk about. The other, uh, the other issue is the cost. The related public health, social service, public safety, and lost productivity related to drug and alcohol abuse is about $465 billion a year. $465 billion a year. This is just this little niche of healthcare called addiction. So I, it certainly is a big, big public health problem. Well, Dave, we're up to the bottom of the hour in the news. Let's take a break right now. I'm Dr. Joe Galati, drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. We're going to try to get Becky Vance on the line. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Well, welcome back. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m., bringing everybody the best in health and wellness. DrJoeGalati.com is our website. And I am scared to press the button to get Becky Vance on the phone here today, hoping 
that it works. We've had a little bit of technical difficulty. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, here goes. Becky, are you there? I am here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Perfect. There is a God after all. So, uh, Glad to be here. Very glad. All right. Doubly bl- glad, uh, <laughs> Becky. So um, for those that may have like wondered what the heck we were doing, Becky Vance is the president and CEO of Drug Prevention Resources. Their website is drugfreegeneration.org. And uh, I had said earlier, which I believe you heard, but I didn't hear you, certainly an expert in the field of, of uh, addiction and, and counseling, and in this uh, COVID era especially, uh, things are out of control with people and their emotions. I, I, I feel as if everybody is an emotional wreck on the verge of going over, and uh, certainly that has displayed itself in uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and overdoses and deaths, and it's really been a very tough time. But let me get back to the the original question, uh, uh, Becky, I wanted to ask you from the beginning. Where are we today, the beginning of 2022, with addiction uh, in the setting of COVID? Explain to everybody where we're at. Well, you know, this has been going, there's so much uncertainty. Um, You know, there is increased economic instability. So people have lost their jobs. There's a lot of despair. There's a lot of hopelessness. Um, You know, that COVID has, uh, is really caused a lot of people, obviously, to have to be self-isolate. And, you know, addiction grows in secret. Right. You know, it's a lot of people have relapsed that were formerly in recovery. Um, it's decreased access to treatment with lots of treatment centers closing down. Here we are with, uh, you know, a record setting 100,000 um, overdoses between March 2020 when it started and March 2021. Uh, that's a 30% increase over the prior year. And it's just it's uh, it's a mess. I mean, a lot. It, good things have come out of it in terms of treatment and telehealth and all of those things, and it's caused the field to be uh, more innovative. But the people, I just am so worried about the people, and particularly the children that are, you know, home with parents. And uh, it's just scary where we are. Yeah. It's really scary. You know, I think the one word you mentioned, isolation, and that has really been the theme at least in the first three quarters of this pandemic of staying at home and and isolation. And pretty early on, people were saying, both uh, medical and public health experts, parents, teachers, others that were just observing all this, that isolation is not good. Yet you wonder if the response was a little blunted but yet we were hearing all of these calamities. What what was your angle on on all that? Um, I don't, I'm not sure I understand what the question, Doctor Lottie. What? Well, I guess we were, you know, we were in a sense self isolating, and as you had mentioned, isolation really breeds addiction or relapse. And uh, was that being addressed really early on, or were we waiting for it uh, to become more of a uh, a, a, a crisis for us before we started to address it? That is such a good question. I know the treatment, the folks in treatment, um, you know, that I know across the country 
um, were panicked at the very beginning. But yes, that's such a great question. We were, you know, really afraid, um, afraid to do things in a different way. There were a lot of different uh, hoops we needed to jump through with the government. Um, and I think that that, um, and people did, frankly, think it was just going to go away. This is going to, you know, right, right. Did. And so it wasn't until, you know, maybe six months in toward the end of, toward, yeah, about six months, six to nine months in that people started saying, hey, we've got to do something. We've got to do something and change the way that we're doing treatment. I mean, and, and the good stuff that's come out of that with telehealth and online support is great. But there's still too few resources, not enough money, and people in despair and re- and ready to just step off the edge. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's yeah. it's so true. Now, one of one of the other uh, topics in the news has to do with marijuana, its availability, and the legalization of it. And I know that many people that are in the addiction area, the in in the specialty and experts in addiction are not necessarily uh, uh, completely open to a, a free-for-all with, with the uh, access to marijuana. Again, what, what are your thoughts as an expert in the field, and what is the message for people listening tonight, be it uh, parents or teachers or others in healthcare? Well, you know, we've recreation, it's recreational now in 18 states, and so... Um, I personally believe that marijuana is um, not medicine, right? Not in its smokable form. If if we're going to if we're going to look at the benefits of THC, the active ingredient in medicine, then we can look at some of those prescription drugs that have been approved, like Marinol. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I just believe that smoke marijuana, smoking marijuana is not is not healthy. Just like smoking is not healthy, right? Um, and it's not only has it been, is it recreational in those 18 states, but it's been decriminalized in 13 states. So, um, you know, one if for youth, this sends a horrible message for youth. Everywhere they turn, they're seeing that it's safer. It's, you know, it can help you, help prevent you from getting COVID. Just all kind of uh, crazy claims. But we know that one in six users who start using marijuana before 18 become addicted to it. Right. And that we also know that in states that have legalized it, the number of calls to poison control have gone up, the number of kids who have, you know, number of car accidents and youth being poisoned and, and dying and being injured in car accidents, That that's just not a coincidence. Right. No, no, no. No, so, absolutely. I, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good idea. It just really sends the wrong message. Just like, I mean, if you're over 18, I don't really care what you do. But what I care most about is kids. Right. And kids, this does not need to be done. This does not need to be what's happening uh, with kids and shaping their attitudes as much as it does. I mean, we just keep seeing it here um, grow, go up and up. I mean, we're fighting a losing battle when it comes to the messaging around marijuana. Right, right. Now, uh, and it almost seems that, you know, we're not, at least, and I'm not seeing it, but you're certainly in the field, and 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 you may, we're we're not seeing this big upheaval of uh, parents or educators saying enough is enough. We we do not need to increase the access 
uh, of these products to our kids. Are you seeing that, or is it still a little uncool to go against the tide? Uh, no, we are. We, I mean, yeah, the majority of Americans want marijuana to be legalized. They don't think it's a big deal. So right. it's really like we're fighting. We're fighting a losing battle. Um, it doesn't matter that it has 500 chemicals in it. It doesn't matter that it, you know, it can impact the adolescent brain in a in a serious way and can often or can is has been known to lead to schizophrenia and other mental health disorders, um, cannabis induced psychosis, those kind of things. So I think in the you know people who want to see that legalized. They don't know everything that they need to know to make that kind of a decision. Right, right. Now, the other the other topic is with regard to teen drinking, and we're gonna. I'll, I'll ask the question, and we'll we'll take a break right here. But so many, uh, you know, again, as a liver specialist, I see plenty of alcohol related liver disease and and all sorts of complications. But there is a certain sense out there that parents are saying, "Well, I'd rather have my kids drink at home." rather than drinking out where I can't control them. Uh, and, and, you know, my answer is you don't want to see them drinking anywhere. Uh, do, do you hear that much, or do you run into it? Oh, yes. No, we do run into that. We do run into that. Parents that think they can control all of those factors, and they just throw out the window. You know, all the other things they do to keep their kids safe, like seat belts and getting immunizations and wearing helmets when you're riding a bicycle. But then when it comes to this topic, it's like, oh, it's a rite of passage. And I yeah. think what uh, the, part of the reason for that is their own their own fear about how to talk to their kids and and um, fear and denial and they just or they don't know how to talk to their kids. So. So the way that we approach that is just parent education, a lot of parent education. Absolutely. All right, Becky, we're going to take a quick break here. Becky Vance with Drug Prevention Resources. Stay tuned. And again, this is a very, very tough topic to talk about. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. Final segment coming up. We'll be right back. I'm so glad you're able to spend a portion of your weekend with me. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com is our website. We're on the phone with Becky Vance. And Becky, so, so much of what needs to be done really centers on awareness and education. And many times when I see patients that are involved in some sort of substance abuse, more along the the lines of alcohol. It may be the parent, the spouse, the significant other saying, I didn't realize that he or she was having a problem. And to the trained eye, you would say, gosh, there were red flags going off all over the place and you just didn't pick it up. So, as, as part of your quest and your, your mission as an organization, what are the key early warning uh, red flags that the public needs to be aware of with regard to signs of alcohol abuse, addiction, drug abuse, et cetera? Well, um, 
you know, it's not just the physical things that you're looking for. Right. Um, and you're, you know, social drinking can cross, or quote unquote, social drinking or normal drinking, normal drinking in a social setting can um, cross over into problematic drinking. Um, just, it just can. And some of the, some of the reasons why those closest to us don't recognize that is because they're drinking with us. They don't want to acknowledge it. Um, some of the things that um, look looking for are, are there any consequences that are beginning to happen, negative consequences? So you'd be on the lookout for that, like getting in trouble at work or getting in trouble at school or um, things like one, saying that I'm going to stop but not being able to stop, right. so obsessive use. You know, it starts out with that experimentation uh, but then it can easily cross over into problem drinking, right. and that's when some of those consequences start start you know happening. And um, but it's easy. We want to see the best um, with our spouses and our loved ones. So sometimes it is very easy. Um, so that's where the education piece comes in. Now, when when you are uh, working with parents and uh, dealing with kids that uh, are at risk or have problems with addiction. What is it that the parents, the theme that the parents may mention to you as, what is the source of the difficulty in confronting this sort of <laughs> monster in front of them? What? Uh, because I'm sure the people listening tonight are saying, yeah, that sort of sounds what I'm going through. What, what would you say it is? Are you talking about some of the barriers to actually talking to kids? I, sure. Like denial and fear? Absolutely, yeah. Like, yeah. Because we know that that is the key, is talking, talking to your kids, and not just having one talk, but having a series of talks and bringing it up in everyday conversations, using uh, times when you're talking about being safe in general, like, you know, looking both ways before you cross the street, to bring the topic up. And also, parents really need to learn how to listen without showing a huge negative reaction, um, and they need to start early. Um, the, the education, I mean, educating um, parents is the key because they feel, many feel they don't have, um, that their kids don't really care what they think, and they really underestimate the power of um, their role as a parent in their kids' lives because they, you know, if you survey those kids, we've seen surveys, the parents are my hero. But as an adolescent teen who I don't even recognize in that bedroom, right. it's hard for them to step back and go, oh, that's just adolescence. It's not, you know, it's not me. Right. Um, and they feel powerless. What What can I do? What can I say? Especially as it begins to get further out of control. And that's when you bring in help. You know, that's when you talk to your doctor, talk to your rabbi, talk to your, um, you know, your priest or right. someone else that you, someone else that you know that, um, and, and just talk about it. Now, you know, so many, so many parents themselves have had prior uh, challenges with alcohol or drug abuse, and they feel as if, well, you know, gosh, my kid looks like they're having trouble, but who am I to tell them when when I was their age, I was doing the exact same thing? And so, again, it shuts down the communication. What do you say <laughs> to those parents? I say, I say use your experience in one way or another, because I... And the experts agree that you should never lie, right. but you can limit what you tell them. So it can be like 
um, you know, did you ever use drugs? Well, every, you know, yes, everybody makes mistakes, and trying drugs was a mistake that I made, for example. Um, it made me do bad things, and I love you much, much too much to watch you uh, make bad decisions like I did. Or I tried, I tried drugs because kids I knew were experimenting, and I thought I needed to try drugs to fit in. Took me a while to discover that's ne- never a very good reason to do anything. Yeah. Um, and then ask, are you feeling pressure like that? No, exactly. And it, there is so much peer pressure. Now, at, at Drug Prevention Resources, in the last minute or so that we have here, Becky, what is your mission? What do you do? And the website, drugfreegeneration.org, what can parents and others uh, interested in this topic find there? Oh, my gosh. We have a whole page just for parents full of resources um, that uh, you can download. They're free. It's really very easy. Um our mission really is to create that drug-free generation, and uh, we are tweaking that a little bit here uh, now in this era of COVID to really include the underlying things that build up protective factors for kids, if you will, so increasing their resilience. And so we say that Drug Prevention Resources mobilizes communities or ignites communities to increase resilience for kids. Because we know that resilient kids are much more, much less likely to ever make those kind of decisions to use drugs. Um, and what was the other part? <laughs> well, I'm I was going to say what you know. What what are they? What you know? They're they're sitting at home. They're concerned, or they they really. This may be something they hear maybe for the first time that there are resources out there and at drug prevention resources, what is, in, in a sense, your mission that every parent or every involved person that goes there, what do you want their take-home to be? Ah, I want them, their take-home to be, you, you are in charge. You can do this. Don't give up hope. Um, you know, ask as many people as you need in order to take some action, because the worst thing you can do is nothing. Um, you know, there are, there are resources to talk, to show them how to talk to kids no matter what age that child is. Uh, there are resources about what are the things that we should look for if we're considering treatment for our kids. Sure. Uh, there are just sample conversations to have um, with your kid and, and, and little fact uh, sheets and checklists about things to look for if you suspect that drug use might be me happening with your kids. So there's everything you could possibly need. Um, at least we like to think so. Everything you could possibly need to um, put a protective, uh, well, increase the protective factors around your kids. Absolutely. And, um, and, and if nobody else is going to do it for them, don't think the schools are going to do it for you. You, you, you have control over this situation. All right. Becky Vance, thank you so much. We will connect with you again, and uh, don't forget drugfreegeneration.org. Okay, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. We will see you again next Sunday evening. Everybody stay well, eat right, exercise, and uh, put your health first. We'll see you. For more information on this program or the content of this program, go to yourhealthfirst.com.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.